This is Ziggy Heim, and you are listening to Wrestling Cheers. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're Grave Digger number two. This is Wrestling mm-hmm. Cheers, where we like to talk about things in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is an interview with Ziggy Heim. I'm your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your Evan Lissa's fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose to desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. Like I said, this is an interview with Ziggy Heim, and I have her on the line. Ziggy, welcome back to the show. Technic- I mean, technically yeah. j- technically, Jinx was here, but, you know, tomato, yeah, tomato. it's been a while, but yeah, I'm back. Hello, thank you for having me. And uh, it, it's crazy just to think of, like, the the road you've gone on since, like, you were last on. Obviously, with yeah. the name change, debuting in AIW, and even, even too, just uh, changing the name to Ziggy Heim. Uh, and you, you actually mentioned kind of in the last interview that one of the biggest issues with Jinx was you couldn't, oh Jesus. Oh, hello. <laughs> My cat it was on the he soundboard. On the music board? He, stepped, he stepped on the soundboard cause he's like, right as we were starting to record, Incredible. he's like, he, right as we were starting to record, he's kind of like, I want loves, pet me, pet me, pet me. So I like, I did the whole intro just like petting him and yeah, of course he, <laughs> yeah when we when we were on call my cat like decided for the first time that she wanted to go in like the window next to me in my office i was like oh hello okay enjoy but that's hilarious but but we go on now (laughs) but anyway uh your your cat needed to interrupt for a second he said i need you to recognize that i'm here okay (laughs) you can go on the funny thing too he's not like a really big meower like meowing a lot like so obviously sometimes like he'll if he wants attention or something like in another room like he will do it but like when he's in here he doesn't like he's not like one like meow right in the mic like he's just it gets in your face yeah then that's kind of like i'm telling you literally as it was like all right let's let's start he's just like oh something else I, Cats I, are truly something else i used to not really be a cat person i don't know i've always been a huge animal person more of a dog person than anything mm-hmm. but um i got my cat furby um like at the i've almost had her for a year i got her in december of last year and i'm obsessed with this creature i just think that she is so strange and cats are so weird and i'm just used to having dogs at this point now that i'm just like this strange little goblin creature that lives in my house i love her just love her yeah i was i was always a dog person and then we end up getting cats or like should say when me and my wife got together 
and moved in like she brought her cat with her unfortunately like that cat got uh had to be put down like five months into us living together mm. but we we end up getting another one with uh, about a month later and i mean now and also too we've we adopted another one beginning of 20 uh 2021 and um i just i've become more of a cat guy i love cats i i totally get it i used to like kind of make a joke especially like when i was getting into independent wrestling and like learning more about the wrestlers and like their personality and like what kind of animals they have like i noticed like so many wrestlers were like cat people and I thought that was... They're also easier to take care of. You don't have yeah. to have someone take care of them on the weekends for you. I've, I did not think about that, but that is so true. I think that's why a lot of wrestlers are cat people. I would, Sometimes I thought it was like, it could be like just a cat's personality where... That's also very true. I think like a lot of wrestlers in general as people are cat people, mm-hmm. but also cats are a little more self-sufficient and we're not known for being good at like taking care of many things at a time so <laughs> that's almost like when i went to uh lvac when i did uh the real rumble this year mm-hmm. i decided like all right you know i've been really wanting to go i had the perfect weekend to go so me and my wife went and we took our dog with us because it's like oh you know we're gonna be camping we're gonna be able to drive in like this this is fine for her right and then like we're gone for the weekend all right cat you got food glitter's clean uh your water's good all right back that's on sunday about <laughs> yeah that's all they care about. And then you come back and they're like, hey, what's up? Uh, for us, sometimes it's not like, hey, what's up? Like, sometimes they're a little... Like, no, my cat gets peeved at me. I do understand yeah. that, actually. The more I think about it, my cat does get, like, she's uh, she's more bitchy whenever mm-hmm. I'm gone for a while. She's sassy with me. So I get that. You're right. It's like they're punishing you. Absolutely. Like, I can't, I can't believe you left me. And then eventually they're like, Absolutely. all right, all right, all right, we're good. <laughs> I need my food. Right. Yep, exactly. You fill up their food bowl, give them more water, and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, it's fine. All right, before my cat uh, really changed up the beginning of what this podcast was going to sound like. Yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so. Not the cat podcast. <laughs> that, uh, that could be really fun. But, um, yeah, you, you changed the name, and partially you do mention in the previous interview that, you know, part of it was vanity search, because you could hardly uh, vanity search Jinx. Right. Absolutely. That was a big part of it. And just the complete metamorphosis, because I, I feel like after the name change like that, it kind of freed you a little bit to where yeah. like you you didn't exactly know what Ziggy Heim was going to be. So it's just things went crazy. And I think that and I mean, crazy in a good way of like just throwing shit up against the wall and experimenting. Yeah. And you've grown so much. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I yeah, I kind of feel that. And I'm thankful that i do sort of have like the two parts of my uh career and the first part is just like kind of the beginning era Mm -hmm. of what i was it is kind of nice to have like two parts but definitely um i'm glad that i did it especially like for vanity search reasons i think that is super important in this uh era um but yeah it uh definitely took off from there that was a really good uh stepping stone for my confidence i think and it's crazy too like before like you were you've said you were hardly ever like wrestled in ohio you had like yeah pretty much one company that you would go to sometimes and then like i know you did ocw i think once so it was like it was rare 
and now you're it was, yeah. you're here every month i yeah in uh during the summer so what like june july august almost into september i was in i aiw specifically uh 14 times wow so uh yeah <laughs> definitely and com- coming back and forth from pittsburgh just that has to add up and like not only just miles but like the toll oh my god the toll's insane the toll's absolutely insane you really have to pay attention to it but uh yeah it i don't mind the drive itself but as far as like the tolls and the mileage and everything like that that is a pain in the ass you said uh recently that the turnpike is a simulation it is absolutely what exactly do you mean by that it just never feels real like every especially like the ohio turnpike always there's just like some weird shit going on or you're completely alone no one else is there and it's kind of terrifying like there's no other option it's just a really weird place to be i can kind of see that but i mean not even just ohio there's parts of pennsylvania but it's more uh when you get past not past pittsburgh but depending on which way you uh, right. were going but like if you are uh east of pittsburgh like between that and harrisburg it's like also a very strange area to be in yeah it's just that doesn't really feel correct it's those like parts of like pennsylvania that are just woods and mountains and yeah and then you go down into west virginia and it's just like not even the same well that's why like i've always said like parts of pennsylvania feel like just like northwest virginia yeah like there's no difference absolutely i agree there's a lot of nothing in uh, the middle of Pennsylvania, for sure. Yeah, like, I can only imagine, like, with uh, the scene in Pennsylvania, like, how, like, weird is I actually do. I got a friend who I was, I've been trying to, like, get to go to uh, independent shows, but he lives in Harrisburg. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you're you're kind of close to Philly, but not, like, that close. You're decent amount away from Pittsburgh. So, like, what do you yeah. have? Yeah, that's rough. I don't really know what's in that middle area. And it's like, it's a big state. There's a lot in between mm-hmm. Pittsburgh and Philly that I don't think a lot of people realize. So, yeah, that's true. It's like once you get in the middle, there's really like nothing. And then you like, obviously, I don't know what like New York State like yeah. territories are, are like, but I know that there there are working on like stuff in like Harrisburg. There's uh, Alberto Del Rio's ring announcer lives in i guess like around that area now yeah and he has his own company everything i think uh main event were just there gotcha well I, like it's nice to know that like there's things growing in that area there's always room for like places to grow of course yeah especially especially in that big area of nothing yeah that's all i was about to say like it, like kind of spoiled here and like for us in northeast ohio to where like pittsburgh's really close obviously we have what we have everything here um right and then there's other places that I feel like aren't that far away, but like you still have like a lot of good choices, like not that far, or even like when right. when it's stuff a show up at Columbus. Area to get to yeah. a lot of good things for sure. With uh, you know, f- debuting in AIW, how have you dealt with those interactions with the fans because they are so so fun to watch? Um, I don't know. I don't really like think about them much, obviously, because mm-hmm. I just. I don't know. Um, It's just a lot of like uh, feeding off of other people's energy. And I explained it the other day as like, um, 
the scene in Midsummer where Florence Pugh starts crying and then all the girls start crying around her and it's like a weird therapy session and they all just feel better after it. That's kind of how I see it. Okay. I don't know if anyone else sees it as that, but that's how I see it. Um, and also we're very lucky and I think that uh, a lot of people understand that like AIW fans specifically like know better. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in the AIW crowd sort of understand the uh, the the show and the spectacle that's being put on and the fact that they can sort of be part of that spectacle if they want to. Um, I get uh, as much people that will like motherfuck me in the ring. I think they're pretty sh- like I've never had a problem with people that don't come up to me afterwards and are like happy to see me. Um And I think I've gotten pretty in tune with like understanding where I am Mm -hmm. and how I can interact with a crowd like that. Um, Yeah, because yeah, AIW specifically and a lot of things in that area, because I think because we just all there's so much wrestling around us. Mm -hmm. We're so able to um, be a part of wrestling shows or fans are at least there's so many they're true indie wrestling fans that understand that it's an immersive product. Um, but not all places are like that because wrestling is like a scale of real and not real. And what is it even? So, uh, yeah. yeah. The way that I always liked that you described it was how, uh, you're, a you're like a chihuahua. Yeah. I feel that for sure. And I think that's the best description still. And like when you have those moments, it's just like a chihuahua. That's like just, barking yes like you whatever you- i really channel those times when my dog starts barking at something mm-hmm. but then like just gets themselves worked up mm-hmm. and keeps going even though there's nothing left to bark at he just like <laughs> keeps going i definitely channel those moments where it's like the littlest thing that it's just like you can keep going from it forever if you want to if you just work yourself up enough um yeah absolutely <laughs> i still think one of my favorite moments is watching some of the friends and family of the AIW students come up to you and like apologize. And like you force them to shake your hand and say they, you, that they would never do that shit ever again. That I mean, that was awesome. I know. I appreciate people that are apologetic. It was totally fine, but I, I don't know. I like to make sure people, I mean, there's a certain point that we all understand that is too much especially if you're in the crowd and starting to annoy other people in the crowd around you Mm -hmm. that's the point where i'm like okay you can't be like this anymore (laughs) but uh yeah i don't know but i also understand that it's such like a strange environment and if you've never been there before you don't fucking get it like we're all just like adults yelling at each other for no reason so if you've never been there before or understand the spectacle of what's happening around you, I get it. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it kind of reminds me of didn't you go to a Browns game and like yeah. as a total outsider? Yeah, I that was the first football game I've ever been to in my life ever. Like not even like high school football. Oh, I mean, you were you were homeschooled. I was. But also, I mean, yeah, I think I went to a couple like football games maybe like as a child maybe like very young school football games but no i've never been to like a football game so yeah so it's like not only were you an outsider of 
the, just the fandom of the sport, but obviously you're from Pittsburgh. So like that, that's just reading some of your tweets from that day was, was, was kind of interesting where I think you were just like, all you guys do is bark <laughs> or something like that. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. I don't know. As, but uh, no, it, it's a very funny, interesting experience. I loved it. It made me want to go to a Steelers game because obviously I've never done that before. But uh, yeah. Yeah, there has to be someone that'll take you to a Steelers game because I mean that. Oh, absolutely. I would love I'll to figure hear, it out. I would love to hear your notes on that because it's like when you when you said like all you guys do is bark. I'm thinking, yeah, all Steelers fans do is wave towels. At least it's silent. It's quiet. <laughs> I don't want to hear noise. There's, there's times that I get that, so it's hard. For, it's I, it's hard for me to like contradict it. Cause I'm like, yeah, like sometimes, you know what? Silence is better, but sometimes it's just, you can wave the flag without saying anything. Yeah. I guess we don't really have anything like that. Yeah, <laughs> we, it's we... all dumb. It's, it's all, it's all goofy. I get it. <laughs> but yeah, that's probably like similar to what you have with some of these outsiders that come in, like friends and family of these wrestlers, even for that show behind me was the, like the, friends and family of the referee yeah yeah and i think after the show they were like yeah that, that was awesome and i'm like she's like i'm i always think like hearing like that is like really cool just hearing someone who ne- right never experienced an independent show for the first time and she's like wow and i'm like yeah <laughs> because it's it's so much different it's such like um it's such a different experience especially uh like You've been to enough independent shows to know that it's like depending on the place, not to say any place is like worse than others, but sometimes places are more like you personally feel more like, wow, that was a great experience. It all like really depends. But um, yeah, I think that's really cool when someone who's never because indie wrestling is such like a wild thing to experience blindly. Yeah. So it is really cool to like have people come out and be like, wow, that was really fun because it does kind of have like connotations of being lame around it. Yeah. And I think too, there's just this idea that you think that, okay, you know, there's the, there's the big league WWE now AEW too. And like that, you know, that's on TV and there's everyone thinks that's it. Yeah. And then like everything after that, like under that is more like, I don't want to say backyard wrestling, but like, just like, there's no, like, uh, it's like all right. lackluster to them. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I say that and from, you a, expect to see like a WWE show and then mm-hmm. you go into like the Odeon. That's absolutely very jarring. Completely. Yeah. And so, yeah, it is cool to see people that maybe weren't so knowledgeable of what indie wrestling is like in comparison and enjoy it for sure. Cause like, just, I know for, even from my point of view of when I first got into independent wrestling, like before that point, I was just more like, ah, these are the minor leagues. Like, I don't really care about that. Cause I know for like, for like regular sports, like I don't really care about a lot of college and minor league stuff like local minor league baseball. I'll go to the games, but I'm not like heavily invested into it. Right. So I, I kind of had that kind of stigma with independent wrestling. Then I started going to shows and I'm like, Oh, like, I mean, are they the same type as a, a WWE? No, but no, yeah. Like mo- a lot of shows, there's like no real bad seat in the house. Like you're you're right. you're you're closer than you would potentially be at any 
WWE show. Absolutely. It's much more of like an intimate mm-hmm. type of experience in wrestling, which uh, is kind of crazy considering like what wrestling is. So I can see how it's not for everyone. Like if you walk in and you're like, I was expecting WWE, mm-hmm. you can be like, fuck this for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's nice to see people that gravitate towards it. And I see that a lot like with enjoy as well. There's just like certain places that also um, help sort of bring in outsiders, like have a sort of just like feel about them mm-hmm. that isn't totally about the pro wrestling and can help sort of like gravitate people that might be kind of unsure about it. I know I, I want to go to an enjoy show. It's just finding the right weekend for me to go. But right. I do I do like that they have popped up because like some of the talent they bring in, you know, I'm not necessarily going to see in Cleveland or other places. So to have that kind of like place to go to, even though, you know, as far away as I am, but I'm still close enough. Like that's, that's not right. a horrible drive for me. So right. He just, I know. Cause like you are someone who like really sings the, the praises of, of enjoy. And like, I've seen a lot of stuff and a lot of people that I, I like go there. So eventually I want to cross that off. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I think that it sort of brings in a very different kind of like vibe. It's not just an independent wrestling show. And because of that, it can help bring in um, a crowd of people that maybe don't know as much about indie wrestling. And then they get to see all of this like really cool production and uh, see wrestling like at a really, I, I guess high value level or just like making it look really good. But like you said, you're still so close to the action mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's like, it brings in a lot of different demographics rather than just like indie wrestling fan. I think. How much fun did you have at the Halloween show? I had a lot of fun. Those shows were, those shows or that show was uh, super fun. Like just the, the concept of everybody's different, like yes. different gimmick. That's, just so good uh i even think i made the comments before of like i do love shows where like when music hits like you don't exactly know who's coming out Mm -hmm. so like this was like another level of yeah no i agree because i'm the same way i like that like level of surprise i still think one of the coolest things aiw did was when they came back they did those two shows where like Mm -hmm. every match was a mystery Mm -hmm. i love that shit i understand that it's like a huge gamble as a business person but i think that's like so fun especially yeah to do it on a a halloween level is super cool i've always wanted to go to a a halloween wrestling show but like aw never ran one other companies i know wouldn't run like necessarily like a halloween theme so like when they did this it's like oh this is this is interesting right. and just to have uh like, like some of the- it had a gimmick a lot of shows mm-hmm. like halloween shows don't have like a gimmick behind it so it was fun super fun or like some of them i know have like uh gimmick battle royals where everybody is like yeah. dressed up in like some costume but this just having this feel of you don't know what everybody's going to be doing especially too when there was a lot of wrestlers in masks like well who's that normally yeah. So that yeah, was it's fun. And the and I think all the tag matches of the night like killed. Yeah, it that was a really fun show and I think it also those are opportunities to obviously be 
a little bit different and not have to be in like your normal serious or more serious role because Mm -hmm. yeah it's a fun little halloween show i thought it was a really cool it turned out really fun it turned out really really cool i think and you were in the match with uh nine to censor if i'm correct they came in and yes yes yeah that i was i was dying because i incredible i i made a comment like when we previewed the the attempted to preview that type of show i was like i want nine to five to be there but i want i kind of want them to be themselves to be like kind of like because that's what nine to five is just being like this is stupid blah 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 but them doing right they to censor did it yeah like being right to censor was like oh my god yeah it was perfect it, it covered both for me and like <laughs> soon as like the music hit i'm like yes <laughs> yeah it was it's exactly nine to five but just like not nine to five like you said it covered both ways like it was they just showed up as themselves also but they were also kind of not themselves Mm -hmm. yeah no they nailed that they nailed that one for sure and then uh the grave digger concept con concept if i can speak uh did you guys have any other ideas that you were throwing around or was just like no literally like Derek was like wanna be skeletons lol (laughs) and i was like yeah and then we were skeletons. I just found that suit like very luckily at um, a thrift store. It ended up being like a cool, funky skeleton suit. It just like th- fell into my hands. So I was lucky with that one. So I got to have like a cool skeleton suit. Um, but yeah, no, we were just like, let's be skeletons. The thing that gets me about Derek is that, or just like him in that costume, because I know he was walking around in it uh, at the during the first half of the show and all I could think of was Karate Kid and like it was just like there's that perfect representation of their Halloween costumes I was trying to have him give the I like turtles kit you know it it was a nice combo because I got more of that but then obviously with the face paint that was more like turtles I loved that yeah it was perfect I it it was cracking me the fuck up every time I looked at him (laughs) how uh how was it to finally debut at actual Russell Rager? Like you, you, you had, you had, it was really cool. You had the one that was like, yeah, it was your first Rager, but like it, I don't know, like that didn't hundred percent feel the same, but we had the actual, it wasn't canonically Rager. <laughs> it wasn't in the, it, it's not in the Russell Rager canon. It was, uh, it's well, I don't want to, that, that would be complimenting. I was going to say it's the Halloween three of Russell Rager, but <laughs> I, I like Halloween three, so I don't want to, you know. The, it's, it was a uh, canon. It was not canon, uh, but yes, no. It was uh, very cool to uh, have an actual debut at Wrestle Rager at uh, now that's class because when they started doing the one at the other place, I didn't know if I'd ever get to go back and have a debut at now that's class, which is obviously um, iconic AIW territory. So yeah, it was great. And you have a uh, a nice match with Mikey. Yeah, no, it was uh, wonderful. We it was something we both really wanted to do, and it turned out uh, very Wrestle Rager. It happened at the perfect place. We said we're going to go to Wrestle Rager and do Wrestle Rager, <laughs> and that's what we did. What What is it like to wrestle somebody that you're dating, especially like um, when that one were like. You guys bled. Yeah. Honestly, uh, 
I can see how it would be weird for us personally. I feel like it's easier or at least it like it feels uh, it's not bad, but I can completely understand how it could be uh, like awkward or strange or like seen as possibly awkward or strange. But no, it, uh, it I think that it makes it easier and it's someone that hopefully you uh trust more than mm. most people so uh yeah like i don't necessarily think it's weird or odd because like i've i've to the point now of me going to independent shows i've seen so many couples have matches like literally the first right. of uh, course the, the uh, maybe the first or second i think it was the second battle of the sexes uh that aiw had like so many matches were people that were dating yeah absolutely if that's a thing that like can happen it will mm-hmm. happen for sure but i i never thought of the aspect of like oh obviously like if that should be like of anybody you trust that should be the person you trust the most so yeah i, yeah. I never i never looked at it necessarily like that yeah it felt like uh a little less anxiety inducing because at least i know him well enough mm-hmm. that i was like okay, I trust this person. I also understand that, like, if something were to happen, he could, like, carry my corpse to the end of this match. Um, So, yeah, honestly, it kind of, like, lowered my stress levels because I know him well enough to know he's competent. And, yeah. And now, too, you've, you've had three matches or three shows at Old? Um, I have personally done two. Was it two? Yeah. But, um, I've enjoyed both of the matches in the times that I spent at old for sure. It's a very special place. I, I always say that's one of the, like, I want I don't want to say one of the best companies, but like it's in its own class because Absolutely. it's not like anything else out there right now. And when Fontaine puts all that stuff together, like he gets stuff, people from everywhere. And I, I yes, truly absolutely. love it. It's uh, people that wouldn't normally like get the chance to wrestle, but also they're wrestling as different people. They would never wrestle as otherwise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's very cool. And uh, yeah, I think old is such a special place. I've had so much fun being there. And yeah, I get to meet and or see a lot of people that I wouldn't otherwise really have a lot of chance to be around. It's almost like a nice secret of like Ohio independent wrestling. It's a, I was going to say that it's a it's a hidden gem for hidden, sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that it's such a cool thing to check out, though. I think it. If you have the chance to go to an old show live, you absolutely should because it's just such a like it's such a wild experience. And the different venues that it goes to, very like cool. Like they, they all have their own vibe. Like I'm very partial to the extravaganza. Like something about the end of August going into that barn and watching the matches. Like it's all the venues are really cool. The yeah. I just did Detroit and that one was really cool. Um, like a cool little uh, like attic of a brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's they're really cool shows. 
I think they did a show there in, or the last time, or not the last time, because I think they did have to rebook the 2021, but the first time they went there in 2019, I saw it on IWTV and I was like, oh my God, like that is, like that has like the aesthetic of old wrestling. But I think like all the venues do, so that like makes, like every venue is special but also just and like there are the also venues different. that not a lot of other wrestling, if any wrestling at all, happens in. Mm-hmm. So they're like completely different than anything. Yeah. You're not gonna, you know, turn on another show on IWTV and happen to see that exact same barn. Right, absolutely. And uh which is also really cool. It uh gives it definitely that vibe that it's in sort of its own like multiverse. Have you ever like watched back one of the old shows? I have. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I love them. I think that they're phenomenal. Yeah. Cause I was going to say that like, the wrestling on them. Like, I think like one, obviously the aesthetic and like the whole like thing of the show is really cool, but it's not just that the matches that get put together in old, like you cannot like, overstate how good some of these mm-hmm. matches are and then there's the way that like they're put together with like commentary and right. and uh parts of it if not the whole thing being in black and white like it's yeah it commits absolutely i, I love it me too and i think as like a fan if you are a fan just going in and like clicking on old that's really cool too to just see like your favorite wrestlers that have to take on these other personas and approach wrestling different than you always see them do, which I think is a lot of the charm of it is just seeing your favorites do something else mm-hmm. and have fun with it. That's something that I really enjoyed when Cleveland had uh, prime wrestling. Like not yeah. everybody did different gimmicks, but there were people that did in some like, like Fontaine had, it, he was still Marion Fontaine, but he was more of this megastar heel. Uh, you had Eric Ryan, known as Cursed. You had, uh, oh, there was someone else, too, that I can't think of off the top of my head. But, like, you would you get some variations. And it was like, right. oh, this is cool. I think that's cool when you get an opportunity to be something different. Because mm-hmm. it, it also, like, gives you, I would, I would figure it give you a chance as a wrestler to, like, explore, you know, different parts of your character instead of, like, having it to be where it, you have to kind of be the same thing or close to the same thing everywhere. You can like, just, you want to go this way, go that way. Yeah. It's fun. It's very fun to be able to, uh, have a wrestling match with a different thought process, uh, whether it be like in a goofy way or just in like looking at it in a different perspective. It's, uh, it's fun. Where were you where there was a toilet on the stage? That was, um, uh, Wessapalooza. Okay. That was, yeah. What the hell was that? I don't know. It was so bizarre. They were like, this is uh, the back room, like the green room area. It had a a small table, a chair, and then the toilet was on a stage. Um, It was bizarre. But yeah, that was at um, the the last, uh, the last summer show. Oh, holy shit. Okay. I did not realize that that was at that venue. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was wild. It was. It was cute. The uh, outpost. Yes, couldn't think of the name of the place. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been to that venue. Obviously, not not to where that look 
wherever that is that part but it was honestly a cool venue i liked the outside Um, area but um but yeah the the little green room bathroom was on a stage i'm trying to wonder the logistics of like how that happened was it like um a couple people told me uh reasons why it could have been like that i think it had something to do with like plumbing i didn't really pay attention Mm. because i just think that it's funny uh but yeah i have no no real idea other than it felt very bizarre plumbing makes sense yeah i think it it was something about the plumbing or the way that the piping in a building like that was i don't know but uh there was a, a probable logistical reason but uh doesn't make it less weird. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine, like, you know, using that thing and then... You're on a stage, yeah. Yeah, and it's, like, so much so much room in it. Like, oh, that's... It was a really big, a really big little bathroom area, too. So, yeah, it definitely felt like you were on a stage. Yeah, that's that's wild. I can't believe that's that. Yeah, but the cool thing, like, you mentioned, like, all the... You like the, the outside part. Mm-hmm. I... I swear that's something more recent that they've been doing of having stuff outside. I think that, uh, yeah, I think they mentioned that, that it was a more recent thing. Cause like I've been to that venue, you know, a good handful of times and like they're all like, everything is always in the building. Right. And, and two of those times has been an ICP concert. So like, love that. I love that. The only thing that sucked about it, cause that place is so small. Like the Fago didn't go nearly as far as you would if it was like outside yeah literally i have pictures of like after the concert there's just like this pool of fago in front of the stage because yeah it is a really uh it is a tiny place mm-hmm. and then i think it was like a handful of weeks right before that show i went to a metallica tribute band concert with my wife and wife and her dad and like i was like oh my god this is gonna be inside oh my this is gonna suck and then we we pull up and it's like oh it's it's in the back i'm like what yeah so when they announced west blues i'm like okay hopefully this is outside too because yeah but yeah it was uh it's a really nice big outside area you're i know you're into true crime mm-hmm. what do you how much have you gotten into either the old episodes or even the new episodes of unsolved mysteries um a bit actually uh i've watched a few of the newer episodes i uh i love them they're wonderful the old ones are also obviously always gems, but I think the new one's pretty good too. I've been, I think I, uh, I have one episode to watch on the new season at the, yeah. the very last one to watch. And it's, it's so crazy to, that some like crimes have gone unsolved for so long. And then I what I bring up to people of like, when it comes to like the original, like when you go back and watch those episodes on Amazon or, uh, I think you can get them on YouTube. Like the, most of them are updated. If something's changed, they'll, yeah. they'll update. Which the, I think is cool. It's great yeah. that they do that. But when you come across those ones, it's like, oh, this is going to have an update. And there's nothing. It's like, oh, oh, it's shit. It's such a bummer. Yeah. Then I, I do the thing of like, all right, like I like Google the case. Right. Oh, always, always. Of course. Because like there's so many times where it's just like, okay, it's unsolved because they believe the person who committed the crime died. I've right. I've heard or read that one like a handful of times. And then yeah. there, there's ones that, um, I mean, they're just flat out cold. Like I found out and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but like not too far from actually right down the road from the outpost, there is yeah. a gas station 
and there was an unsolved mystery from that gas station back when it was uh, a called a well called the Duke, uh, where a guy came in and tr- I don't know if he robbed the place or whatever, but like he shot the guy working and left, and like the whole thing made it might have been like close to seven minutes long, and he got away with it, and they never found who killed him. Jeez, like they never found the guy that robbed the place and shot him. Yeah, they they don't know. And it was like, I want to say early 90s. So it's like that old camera footage where it's just like a picture every so many seconds. But like there was footage. It's not like it was like. Yeah. But yeah, that's always uh, those are always crazy. But also, I think that when you watch back the old Unsolved Mysteries and the like see the updates, it does also give you a show of like how uh unsolved mysteries has really elevated and helped a lot of cases come to justice Mm -hmm. um for sure uh but yeah there are those ones that are just like straight cold or it just like definitely i've seen a big one from old ones that i've watched and googled uh that they think the person's dead which makes sense because like now after so many years but um yeah it does also show uh how many uh, episodes do actually get uh, helped from being on Unsolved Mysteries? It's a huge thing. Yeah. Like that with the new series uh, that they've had of it, I think yeah. I think some of those could get solved, but like nothing's been solved yet. Like there's right. like some of the like of the newer season where uh, the dude from Michigan, his girlfriend kills him and chops up his body and leaves uh parts of his body scattered off of 75 in ohio like yeah i watched that and i'm like oh like you you got everything of the person like she's gonna get right. caught eventually like right you, of course what like she was just still on the run yeah like it was uh they didn't have all the evidence when she was like arrested for it but they, they oh, could they couldn't they couldn't they, like they couldn't book they her needed more yeah Gotcha. Yeah, that's a big one, too. When it's like they know almost for sure who did it. They just don't have enough evidence and mm-hmm. need people to call in if maybe they saw something or like found something. Because if there's like one more person that said they saw them at a certain time or someone that like found the weapon in their yard at a certain time, that's something that can like finally get that person yeah. put to justice. But yeah, I a lot of it is absolutely people where it's like, we know who did this. We just don't have enough evidence. Like Casey Anthony, who now is getting her own uh, Peacock show as an interview. That is, oh, that is still so wild. It's, yeah, that's uh, that is the first um, like true crime case, like very big, like media circus true crime case that I remember in my lifetime. Uh or at least one that I remember paying attention to in my lifetime for sure. So it is crazy to see it come back around. Okay. Yeah. Cause you were, you probably weren't old, th- old enough for like, or even born for uh, OJ Simpson. I think, yes, I was st- like very, very young. And then um, still too young for John Benet Ramsey. I think John Benet Ramsey happened in 96, which was the year I was born. Okay. Um, but that's also one that fucks me up. Oh, I think that's a one that fucks everyone up. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, let's see if we, that was but, 96. I was right around 10 at that point. 
And so like John Bonet wasn't that much younger than me. Right. Like maybe, maybe from when I was 10, it seemed like a lot, but like as a modern, it's like, yeah, like that, that wasn't too far. So I just every so long, so like yeah. double checking, uh, any updates or just reading more up on that case. It's like so, so fucking crazy. It's like hard for me as someone that like does ingest a lot of like true crime or even like just I watch a lot of things on the criminal psychology and things like that. I usually have a pretty good sense of like what I think happened at Mm -hmm. least or like what could have gone down. I think everyone does, but we're all hit with those like few cases where you're just like i have no fucking idea what could have happened and that's one of those where like for everyone there's truly no there because there's so many like twists and turns there's so many possibilities so many people that have done weird shit and then when a case gets like to a point where it's too big then you get people and especially because of like gross people and the fact that John Monet was a beauty queen you got so many people that would call in and for some reason wanted to like take the quote-unquote glory of saying that they were the person that did it so you end up with things like that the same thing happened to Zodiac where so many people were like I want to be the I am the Zodiac killer but they weren't they just wanted to be the Zodiac killer because they thought it was cool but um yeah absolutely what do you think happened to John Monet uh, that's one of those ones that I do. It's really hard uh, to have a true idea. And also the fit. Okay. Not like I think that they're going to be watching this. They're not like, they're not like going through, like digging through everything that mentions them because I was yeah. going to say, I'm scared to say it because they're known for suing people. Like the family is known for like hardcore suing every single person that like says anything bad about the family but like they're not gonna hear this so whatever i think the brother did it i think that what happened Mm -hmm. was i think the little brother accidentally killed her and then the family tried to cover it up yeah that's that's kind of what i think too the main thing that uh really time to turn into my true crime podcast everyone i'm taking (laughs) over um but i think the main thing that one uh if you look into it the ransom note what that's fucking crazy no one stole a kid and then sat in the home wrote out like a four-page ransom note mm-hmm. and then was like okay here you go because it was like confirmed that it came from like a pad of paper and a pen that was in the home also very heavily confirmed well not confirmed but very heavily speculated that uh the handwriting was very similar to Jumpney's mom. Uh, so that's the first thing that I'm like, there's no way it was someone that broke in, did all that. Cause that's crazy. Yeah. I just think the most, at this point, logistically, it makes the most sense that it was the family. But uh, yeah, like I saw a thing where, uh, cause she had, what people always assumed were like taser marks, Mm -hmm. but it also matched up with something that like the brothers like toy train. Uh, So they thought like maybe the brother accidentally hit her on the head or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think logistically it just has to be the family because nothing, I don't know. That one's crazy twisted turns though. There's a lot to the Jominay case. 
Well, that one, if you, I mean, if you're, you're also suing everybody that says anything bad about the family, like it, they seem guilty. Right. But, it's very sketchy behavior. And I think the longer it goes on and the older that the brother gets, he becomes increasingly more sketchy. Mm-hmm. If you like watch interviews as he progresses as like an older person, he just seems like, I mean, I'm not, I can't like professionally psychoanalyze anyone, but if you've ever watched like interviews of the brother as like older and coherent, he just seems kind of unwell. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he comes from such like a terrible situation. There's no way he could grow up normal after that, but uh, I don't know. It's sketchy. And then, yeah, I think after the mom passed, the dad and brother became increasingly more sketchy. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I have to deep dive back into her. It's been a while. Yeah, same same thing for me. Like, I forget how long ago that I like looked up a bunch of stuff because sometimes like I'll either forget certain things or uh, I just want to get refreshed on that. Right. Cause like, I mean, that's one of the, one of the biggest crime things that I first remember. Like I remember OJ Simpson, but like that was, uh, well, I can't say they didn't know who they know who they knew who did it, but it was like, he was on trial, but like right. this was the, like the first, that's like another crazy story. I mean, obviously do, like OJ Simpson, you, you did it. You did it. You killed them. But that's also like another story that really shows if like the evidence is not there, no matter how like blatantly obvious it is, then you can't, if there's a way, any way that you can get out of it, if you are rich enough and have a good enough attorney, you can get out of it. I, I kind of subscribe to the theory that his son did it. I, I can also see that. Because I, I mean, I, I, for, I forget the details, but there's like certain things that like line up. And like the way uh, things were handled, like after the body was found or whatever, like there was a lot of legal stuff done with him before OJ. So it was like, like I also think that like, obviously the situation, like in the trial, when you have such a media circle circus trial like that, that changes so much about a case and how you go about it. Oh yeah. It's so hard to get, um, it's so hard to get the exacts and give all of the details when everything is in like the court of public opinion and in the media, whether it be the correct thing or not. Big cases like that and like John Bonet and Casey Anthony, those are like you can't like I can only imagine how much harder that makes it and how much different you have to approach a media circus crime or a media circus of like a trial then though like i feel like we get the opposite effect on certain ones where it's like you have certain trials that happen and then somehow later on they become bigger deals like everything with making a murderer right um the serial podcast adnan saeed um yeah absolutely there's things like that too which yeah that's another like the unsolved mysteries sort of um sort of vibe of just uh the media and having the ability to sort of like elevate these cases that people think need another set of eyes and having the public behind you and things like that will 
enhanced so much, obviously. I don't know about you, but I think in between Unsolved Mysteries and the O.J. Simpson trial was like the beginning of an infatuation with true crime. You probably add in yeah. you add in the John Bonet thing, and that like was the a trifecta of absolutely those like I think I like I watched something recently about how um that uh was sort of the beginning of the era of true crime, and when like court TV became a thing mm. and uh, stuff like that, where people were more uh wanted that on their television, and then you go a couple years beyond that. And you have uh, like the Michael Jackson trial, things like that, that truly make people want to look more into whether it be the crimes itself or like into the trials and uh, court TVs and stuff like that. But definitely that was probably a trackable beginning. I can see. I forgot about the Michael Jackson trial. Yeah, that was a honestly, that was the first televised like. I do remember that one, but a lot more vaguely. I was still very young when that happened, but I do remember it. I remember, I think I was in high school when that happened because one, one Halloween, a friend of mine dressed up like Michael Jackson, or no, he didn't dress up like Michael Jackson mugshot. We did a pumpkin decorating contest at our vocational school and we did like his mugshot. Yeah. As like I love it. the way it was decorated and how like, not the regular, just the picture mug shop, but there's the one that has like all his information. Like that's what we did. Right. Amazing. I got, I kind of forgot about that until you yeah. like took me back to that. I'm like, Oh man. Cause I always think of yeah. that. And I think of like uh, the people outside the courthouse when the verdicts were read that they uh, were releasing doves, I think for every yes. not guilty or something. Like I just had that vision, that picture or that video in my head of them, them doing that. Yeah. It's such a wild time. Ah, uh, the 2000s. Yeah, that was a very 2000s thing to happen. All right. Uh, let's start to wrap this show up and get into the Fave 5 questions. Okay. Hey, this is Booker T, five-time champ, and this is the Fave 5 questions. Now, can you dig it? So you have already answered some of the questions I have on this list, but uh, we have... That's okay. We have plenty of others. So let's go with how do you take your peanut butter and jelly, whether it be the kind of peanut butter, kind of jelly, and uh, kind of bread? Um, honestly, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty open to interpretation when it comes to my peanut butter and jelly. It's all on uh, what I'm feeling. Sometimes it's good on an English muffin. Sometimes uh, just a little white bread. Really depends. I'm not picky with my peanut butter and jelly. I've never tried it on an English muffin. Very good. That that sounds like something to try. I you should. Have you ever had a peanut butter and jelly hamburger? No. That is actually really good. The one, at least the one I've had. Um, the jelly was more of like a raspberry. Uh, I won't say like a sauce. Yeah, and then I can the, see it, that being good. I yeah. can see it. And the and the peanut butter. Oh, like there's a place that I go to every so once in a while that has it, and uh, I get it from time to time it's 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 a good one hell yeah all right question number two let's go with uh what's your favorite game show oh favorite game show good question um ooh, uh if we're going like traditional 
game shows, probably The Price is Right, because that's easiest for me to uh, feel smart while I'm playing along. I feel like I get the most correct while watching The Price is Right. Um, but uh, also big fan of Fear Factor. Ooh, that's a that's a different one. I've not, I've not heard anybody say Fear Factor. It's considered a game show. Yeah, I mean, game show is, is, yeah, it's it's not a... Like you would say, like you said, traditional game show. So that's when we think of like right. Family Feud, Jeopardy, like Wheel of Jeopardy Fortune. Shit, yeah. But it it's a game. There's a, a winner at the end. If you win a prize at the end, like even I consider Survivor a game show. Oh, yeah. that it's Stuff a, like that. I would say like Survivor's a game show, but it's like a way different. Because at least with like Fear Factor, right. that was like those were like based in like single episodes of like. The comp- exactly. That's when the competition like one day. Yeah. But yeah, Survivor uh, would definitely be a game show. But too. Def- it's under the umbrella of game show, but definitely more than that as well. For sure. They, they took it to another level of like, all right, we're going to have a game show, but it's like going to be a series. Right. That was like, I mean, also, I guess. No, I lied. That would be considered. I think I consider Fear Factor still a game show, but Survivor, I think, is the beginning of uh, reality television. Uh, beginning of it becoming big because right. every- yeah, the beginning of uh the like heyday of reality television. Mm-hmm. But I guess I still a lot of reality TV encompasses game show. You win a prize. You you go through some shit and you win a prize, and that's a game show basically. So yeah, I think with with reality TV show like the reality TV that started. Like the, the infancy stuff was like real world road rolls. Right. Yeah. I remember I a while ago watching a YouTube video about like the up and coming of reality television. And I know they definitely it was that era of like survivor, real world, big brother, like that starting out mm-hmm. for sure. That was the beginning of reality television because it's cheap to film. Yeah. You don't have to hire actors. And then. So, it hit the next phase with the Osbournes. Right. When they would like, yeah, that's true too. That's like a different era of reality television. Because that gave us Anna Nicole Smith. That's not game show reality yeah. television. That's a, I mean, that's where like reality TV can like differ where like you have the game shows like even MTV technically used to have a ton of reality game shows. Uh, next. Um Yeah. That's why is that the only one? A room Raiders, like uh, yeah, MTV had a ton of those. They had uh, and then obviously Nickelodeon had like the an entire channel dedicated to like guts and stuff like that, like kids doing game show competitions. Yeah. So yeah, that was definitely the I guess heyday or beginning of it. All right, question number three. I think I know your answer on this, but. We'll go a little more in depth. Uh, coffee or energy drinks? Um, honestly, if I had to pick between the two, I know I do energy drinks more, but I do prefer coffee. Okay. Energy drinks are just, you know, like easier to pick up and mm-hmm. get quick and stuff like that. But uh, I think like if I had the options between the two, definitely coffee. I think what I've realized with me, like the one reason I don't, gravitate towards coffee like i can drink it but in the traditional sense i don't like hot beverages i don't really for me as well 
Um, but if I make them at home, like if I make uh, a hot coffee with like my curd and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I can do it. A, like I can tolerate it a little bit more because it doesn't come out like molten lava hot. Like when you're like given something from Starbucks or something. Yeah. Uh, but no, I completely understand that. I'm not a huge hot drink person either. I know people could be like, oh, well, there's iced coffee. I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. Like I, th- I no, when I think I coffee, you- when I think coffee, I think the like traditional sense of hot. Yeah, I like iced coffee. I love iced coffee, but I do completely understand that like there's a difference. All right, question number four: favorite flavor of pop tarts. Ooh, good question. Um, I think probably I'd say just the traditional blueberries. That's a that's a classic answer. Yeah. A lot, I think that's probably it. I know a lot of people that like the cinnamon brown sugar and I'm I'm not high on it. Yeah, I'm not uh in general, I'm not like I don't seek out Pop Tarts. Like mm-hmm. I'm not like a huge Pop Tarts girly. I've never like bought them on my own volition for my home. But like if I did have to choose, it would probably be the blueberry Pop Tart. When it comes to like any food for me, like I, I have this really bad habit of like, oh, there's something new. I have to try it. Me too. So like I need I uh, Mikey pointed out to me the other day that um, I'm that bitch that whenever there's some like limited time, something on any menu, <laughs> I'm that bitch that they made that for. I'm the person that comes in and wants the limited time only like sandwiches from Arby's. <laughs> and uh, that's absolutely true. So I, uh, yeah, always need to tr- tr- uh, try the new and weird ones too. So like with, with Pop-Tarts, like when they're like, oh, here's an Eggo Pop-Tart. Okay, I got to try that. Right. So I like, I, I'll get in kicks from time to time where I'll, I want Pop-Tarts, but it's been a little, it's been a little while. I was always a toaster strudel girl. I think for me, like adding the icing was just like too much or the it fact- is a lot. Or the fact of, like, who eats a cold toaster strudel? You can't. You absolutely can't eat a cold toaster strudel. Um, also, I didn't really have a toaster growing up. So a lot of times I put them in the microwave. But I don't mind a soggy toaster strudel. So it didn't bother me. I'm trying to remember. Like, we had a toaster, but I'm, I want to say we might have, like, thrown them in the microwave more. I, wanna- I Yeah, I... That's another reason why uh, I don't think I'm a big Pop-Tarts person is because I don't like cold Pop-Tarts. I just don't think that they taste good. Um, But I never had a toaster, so we never bought Pop-Tarts and warmed them up. So I just never, like, got an attachment to them, I guess. I mean, you could put uh, Pop-Tarts in the toaster, too. Just if they're the ones you get in the store, like, don't put the wrappers in them in the microwave too because that's a fire hazard yeah Yeah. i don't know when i i just never like got older my i never got pop tarts when i was younger and then i grew up and never like went to the store and was like i want pop tarts now so i don't know maybe someday i'll change all right question number five oreos or chips ahoy um oreos for sure i'm a big um oreos and milk girl Mm, yes i'm a big cookies and milk girl um yeah or so for sure. And like the flavored Oreos, that's another thing where if there's like a big flavored Oreos that comes out, I got to try it mm-hmm. as long as it doesn't sound disgusting. Yeah. I, th- I think but, that's like any, any type of food where it's 
hey, we have this flavor. If you just look at it, you're like, yeah, it doesn't sound good. Like, yeah. No, like, but the ones that sound good, I'll definitely try the new flavors. I'm a big fan. It's, I think that, like, it's a pretty usual thing now. The uh, birthday cake Oreos. Yeah. Uh, love those. Dunk those in some milk. That's my favorite. For me, like, it always depends on just the type of mood I'm in. But I do, I, I do like me some Oreos. I like mega stuff. And one of the yeah. one of the weird reasons I like it, besides it having like more cream, is I swear, and I don't know why, when I dunk those in milk, the cookies themselves absorb better. And I get that. And it I, holds more. Uh, it holds more milk in it. I get that. Yeah, it's a weird thing for me. But then I had the conversation. I, I want to say it was with uh, Eric Taylor where. I'm in now I'm in the current mode of I prefer chips ahoy. And one of the things that I like about chips ahoy is do I want to drink it with milk, like ducking it milk, or do I want to just not have any milk or not? Not say one, like maybe I'm just not in the mood for milk. I feel like chips ahoy. I could do both. Like I could eat Oreos without milk, but I don't don't think it's as good as a, a regular chips ahoy without milk. I'm the opposite. I I can I think that I would prefer both with milk, but if I had to do one or the other without milk, I think I would prefer Oreo. I mean, good thing about it, like there's no really wrong answer. Like I True. I, I, I love me both. Just they're both just, good. It just depends just like I said, just depends on my mood. For a while, like it was I a agree. lot of it was a lot of Oreos and then it became a lot of chips ahoy. Damn, now I really want cookies and milk. <laughs> All right. And question. Also, in an area where everything closes at like 9 p.m. now. So if I'm like, I need to go get Oreos now, I've, I will be at the at the at, at the cusp of getting out of the giant eagle. So I'll just long. All right. Question number six that I tailor around my guest for you. I want you to rank the faces of Foley. Um. Uh. Oh. Uh, starting from bottom, uh, so I guess dude love, uh, or fully counts as the faces of fully, correct? I, okay. I thought about this because I feel like, what are the faces that you count? I I was thinking of this when, when I thought of the question, cause like technically like in WWE, like you have mankind and like two different Uh versions of mankind, but there was mankind. Then you had Dude Love and Cactus Jack, but then you had times where it was Mick Foley. But this is what makes me say it's just between the three. It's in the name Faces of Foley. True. You're right. Um, I would say Dude Love and then it's a very uh, close tie between Cactus Jack and mankind but i think if i had to put one over the other of one that um influenced me more mankind would be at the top okay uh corporate or original uh, oh, we call the original i don't know what you want to say about that one i'd say both i love corporate mankind just because i think that uh he's fun mm-hmm. but uh just og mankind one of my one of the big matches and the big like fully things obviously is the the taker hell in a cell match i love that shit i ate that up um and that was something and just uh the never 
the constant not even giving moves, but just taking a beating and continually getting up and up of that match was what really made me think about getting into wrestling. So I guess uh, I would have to say Mankind's at the top. I'm more of a Cactus Jack person. Like that's, that's my number one, but I really, I've grown over the years to appreciate the original Mankind because like, like when you just look at him compared to like any wrestler in that time or kind of in history of like, all right, simple thing of he had his own music coming out and then a different one, like at the end of the match. I always thought that that was interesting. The fact that he was like pulling out his hair he was much more of a cinematic type mm-hmm. character, which I always really appreciated and what uh, really got me to get uh, gravitate more in towards wrestling, I think, was like uh, the cinematic characters like Mankind. So, yeah. yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know what it is about that. Like just over time, I've grown more appreciative. But I think for me, it's because I first remember Cactus Jack back in WCW. I've always yeah. like really liked that character. And like every so long, I'll go back and watch uh, YouTube clips of when Cactus Jack finally debuted in WWE. Yeah. Oh, like, I love it. Like that too, of like when we took this idea that like, all right, mankind, AKA Mick Foley has all these different personas and like, we're going to find different ways to encompass them. And they had that like, promo package where you saw all three and you saw like at one point dude love and mankind are, talking to each other and cactus jack walking in the background like right it's crazy that uh yeah i think mcfoley's an icon and that sort of like uh character development uh is really cool or focusing more on the character development of it all rather than uh anything else more so all right that's it any uh final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go um no thank you so much for having me back i'm uh I'm glad I could. Want to throw out your socials and everything? Uh, yeah. Um, everything. I am just uh Ziggy Heim. Uh, all one word. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, everything like that. Uh, yeah. That's where I put out all of my where I'm gonna be in all of the places like that. So best to just check out my social medias. And then the TikToks. Hi, Ziggy Heim. Uh, yes, you are right. Which is, it's, it's a very interesting TikTok. I try. Yeah. I do it more for myself than anything, but uh, yeah, that can also, if you want to follow along. I think when I see wrestlers doing like, kind of like stuff like you're doing, and especially like, I'm a huge fan of uh, Shay McCoy, of like what she yeah, does on I TikTok. Because like, yeah, she could do wrestling stuff, but like, no, it's like, she's like throwing out all these other like personality things. And like, she started doing right. like, I think that's the cool thing about uh, yeah. social media is that you can use it to also sort of, uh, just go into all of your likes. You don't necessarily have to use all of it for one thing. 100% agree. And of course you can find myself at J summers, three, three, zero on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email if you so choose desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. Like I said earlier in the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Your Everless is Fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, wrestlingcheers.podbean.com. And all of those links are in the show notes and under the link tree link 
check out our podcast friends such as Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, The IndieCast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, GameWorks Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, If You Catch My Grift, At Odds With Wrestling, Marks With Mics, X Over, The Powell Driver Podcast, Tornado Tag Podcast, The Uncut Wrestling Podcast. This ends at Prom and Porch Talk and check out our other non-podcasting friends such as The Mystery Men, Red Line Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Danger Zone Video in Juliet, Tennessee, Heart of Gold, Toy Hio Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, JCP Designs, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're Ziggy Spice. Later. Mm. It's the Wrestling Cheers. Get up on your feet. Brighten in your day in the middle of the week. And you gotta love the show. Yeah, you know it holds a title for the best podcast. Talking wrestling in Ohio. Finishing a cold one. Take a load off. We ain't all about the prohibition like Josh. So we cheers. And then we sit back Other shows are in the trash Kinda like they Nick Stapp Like the name is Matt Justice Wearing all the gold Wrestling Cheers is coming to a close The number one podcast going in the game And one day everybody's gonna know the name It's the Wrestling Cheers This is Platinum Max Signing off Ohio Good night The world Good night We love you We'll see you next week